Hi, I'm Mandy. And I'm Heather. And this is our producer, Kayleen. Hi there. We're so glad you're here. Here's the thing. You have uncomfortable storylines in your life. We are creating a space for vulnerable storytellers to open up about growth and refinement. You deserve the same relationship with grace because it is so much more than a Bible buzzword. Welcome to Uncomfortable Grace. Hey, welcome back to the Uncomfortable Grace podcast. This is Mandy. Hi, Heather. Hi, Mandy. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Look at you sitting out at Lake of the Woods enjoying the sunshine. Good job. Thanks. It took me all day to get here, but hey, I'm here. That's all that matters, right? It's right. And the sun stays up a lot longer. So you can stay out there until it's dark and then just wander home. Yahoo! I'm excited about our guest today. I know. I am too. We have the most amazing, tender-hearted, effervescent woman. And she's a local hero to us, right? Because she's on the news again, and she's dying with my introduction right now. And I'm so happy. <laughs> a local hero. Yeah. It's only getting <laughs> bigger. <laughs> well, well, thank you so much for the huge introduction. Of course, in my podcast intro, I always introduce myself as just a human because first of all, definitely not a hero, but, um, <laughs> a, maybe a champion of people. I'll go for that. But I like to introduce myself as just a human because regardless of anything that it seems like I'm accomplishing or doing or getting involved with, I mean, that's, that's the bottom line is that I'm just a human trying to figure out this human experience. Well, and I don't even think I said your name, Danielle Craig, (laughs) you lovely woman. I I jumped in too early in progress podcast. No, it's totally fine. Um, I think what you just said about being a champion of people is what makes the impact of what you do ripple so far, which to me is heroic. It's very easy to go through our lives, decide, oh, this is what I want to do and make our focus about us, make our impact, you know, centralized to our children or to our immediate circle. And yes, you're in media, but you've also chosen to step into an arena that is extremely vulnerable and to engage conversations that are moving the needle for other people, which frankly is why this is such, it's such a perfect final episode for our season one to have you on because you are someone that is embodying grace and talking about it in a public way. I've never done one of these with two people. Is it my time to jump in? You jump in whenever (laughs) you want. I know this will be it'll be nice and awkward and we'll talk over each other and it'll be a little uncomfortable and that's okay. Well, thank you for that. I think that, you know, if someone's listening and they're like, Oh, well I do that. I put myself at the center of my life and my life is all about, you know, me, 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 we've all been there and we all do that at certain times. You know, I, I did my whole life on that. We've been taught to do our whole lives on that. What are you going to be when you grow up? How much money are you planning to make? What are you going to, what's your family going to look like? How many kids are you going to have? All of that is so me, me, me focused. I was actually talking with a friend of mine about what if we change the direction when we were kids and stopped asking kids, what are you going to do? What are you going to accomplish? Instead of, instead of that saying something like, what are you going to be like? 
What are the characteristics you're going to embody? Are you going to be kind? Are you going to be brave? Are you going to do these things that we're talking about here? Have tough conversations, be vulnerable. Are you going to be there for people Um, and just kind of changing that at a very young age so we can get off that me, me, me. And there's no shame in being in that right now. And it's a practice for me. It's a practice for everyone as this entire life is. It's so true. We had a conversation actually with my six-year-old the other day, she came up and said, I'm not so sure I want to get married. And I was like, that's, that's an early, that's fine, but it's a little early to decide that. What, what brought that up? And she said, well, mom, I'm just not sure I've found anyone that's a really good fit for me. <laughs> and I was just like, hold it cute. together. That's okay. So it was adorable. But I said, you know what? You probably haven't because you're six and you're not sure who you want to be when you grow up. But to be honest, what do you want in life? Who do you want? Like, how are you going to move the needle for other people? Cause that's what'll draw the right fit kind of people to you. And as they show up, some will be really good fits for a long time and become good friends. And others might be a terrible fit right away. And you never saw it coming. Like, but that's what you're learning at six. You don't have to decide. I don't want to marry any of my classmates. Good. Thank you. I agree. But when you figure out who you are, are you someone that wants to go out and volunteer your time? Are you someone that wants to be in a role where you're traveling all the time? I was like, so thankful because she's listening and didn't get caught up on the, oh, but cooties and marriage is weird and all the things just saying, you know, we find people that are drawn to us that can hold space for us because we've become people that do that for others. And that makes relationships so much easier. And she like, you know, breathed a sigh of relief and then immediately started telling me jokes about pirates, which was great. That's mm-hmm. a transition. But. Mm-hmm. I that's love a great that you had that conversation. In. Yeah. No, that's a great leading into our topic today. I wanted to ask you, Danielle, like, do you have something at the forefront of your mind, an example of how you are giving yourself grace and progress? Like, like, your most recent, um, experience in that, where you just sat there, you had to like sit there and marinate in that thought process. Hmm. I mean, you know, everything, everything, every day is not perfect. I can't remember the last day that I had like the perfect day because days are not, I mean, unless maybe you're sitting by the lake, like you, Heather, um, days generally (laughs) have stuff bubble up throughout the day. You know, that can be emotion, like anger at someone that maybe I'm misdirecting anger toward that person, or it can be with my kids, my frustration bubbling over. I think it just has to be a constant grace is part of the experience. Progress is part of the experience. And Mm. Almost like when you, when you drive by a construction site and you're cool with that being under construction, like you can see the tape, you can see that it's under construction and you're like, okay, cool. That's supposed to happen there. And this is going to happen. And I'm allowing the space for it because I know that it's getting better. I know that it's evolving. I know that it's changing. And I think what we have to understand about our lives is they're under construction. I don't think us as the project is going, it's not going to be finished during this human life. And that is okay. It's okay that we are, we need to put up the tape now and understand that every day is the grace. Every day is the progress because, and then, and then understanding that 
we give ourselves the grace because we know we're under construction. Wow. So what I, what I'm hearing you say has a lot to do with expectations. I think Mm -hmm. expectations for ourselves and expectations for others. Um, Mm. like you said, that was a perfect illustration about like a big commercial building being under construction. Um, I don't know though. You're so, I feel like you're so much more self-aware than a lot of SAR. I had a, a doctor's wife once tell me, um, her mother taught her to be interested, not interesting. Ah, <laughs> and, I love that. Um, I know. And I just feel like that's, that's what you carry. And, and so it's such a lesson for all of us. You're interested in the progress. You're interested, um, and what it's going to take throughout the day to allow yourself that grace. I, I think it's amazing. And to be clear, I was not like born this way. This has been the practice sure. of the last few years since I started happiness and progress, because before I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get here. Then I'll be accomplished. Then I've got this. And there was no real room for grace. I didn't understand that I was going to be wow. growing after the age of 28. Like I was like, I'll get to 28. I'll have this, mm-hmm. this and I'll know everything. Uh, but that's yeah. not how things work. And I was thinking when you were talking about the big construction building, I I used to live in Las Vegas and I lived in Las Vegas when the economy took a huge downturn 2008. So we then had no construction happening and everyone talked about these huge half built casino buildings. And they said, that's an eyesore. What are we going to do with these eyesores? And I think that we do that to ourselves. We start to think Mm. this is an eyesore. Why haven't I figured this out? Why haven't I figured out this shame that I have? Why haven't I figured out how to stop exploding at people when I'm angry? Why haven't I figured out how to stop being this sad? Why haven't I figured out how to stop grieving? How, why haven't I? And we let ourselves sit in this place where we just condemn ourselves because there's an economic crash happening and we haven't figured out how to continue building yet. And I think we got to allow the space for that. So I, I mean, we do that for our children. If we're lucky enough to have children, right? We do that mm-hmm. for our children. Mm-hmm. What so were you saying, Mindy or Mandy? Yeah. So Danielle, how have you given yourself, practically given yourself space when those thoughts of self-condemnation and just unkindness rear up? What is it that you, what's your go-to to bring you back to center and say, oh, right, I'm in progress. Mm-hmm. Who am I? Yeah. Like, who am I? What is... What is my purpose here? Do I understand that this is a step or a, you know, even a stumble along the way of becoming that, I hate saying better person, but becoming a little better in the way that I do everything in the way that I love myself and the way that I love people around me and the way that I judge less and love more. So practical steps, it's going back to that every single time and meditation (laughs) running, (laughs) running. I, I have this theory that when we run, our bodies are working so hard that our soul comes out a little more and we can think less with our brains and more with our soul. So I, that's the practical stuff is the running is the meditating is the 
when I'm having a conflict with my kid, literally walking away is the asking my husband, did I over-exaggerate this situation? Is the, mm. I feel so embarrassed and so much shame because this happened and talking it out with someone and say, yeah. and they can say, okay, it happened. What do you do next? What do you learn from it? How do you move forward? I think those are the practical steps. So that was going to be my question. Are you in my head? That's so funny. <laughs> Give us some practical <laughs> steps on how to do that throughout the day. Um, but like you said, you have this like disciplined, um, like mindset and thought process that you are going to step away from the situation um, and just take a pause. I, that's kind of what I took away from what you just said. So. Mm -hmm. Well, I am a, I'm a very type A person. And so I really mm -hmm. like to get everything right. I like to be right. I like to know the things. And that's why news was so great for me because, you know, I'd have all the facts and I would never mistake the facts and it was just wonderful. But, um, I was in a meeting not long ago with, um, with a lot of people and <laughs> I suggested something that everyone was <laughs> like, it was like dead silence. And then someone got on who was like the superior to me and, yeah. and made a very embarrassing comment toward me about being adults. And oh. like my, my body and my mind was like, okay, shame spiral. Like, <laughs> why yeah. did I say that? What is wrong with me? Why am I not an adult? Why don't I understand this? But the practical step of getting off that was okay, first of all, reflex would be like, he's an idiot. I don't know what he's talking about. He's the dumbest person of, in the world. I'm the best. You know, that's reflex. I, that was my defense mechanism when I was going through high school and people didn't like me. It's that, you know, I would blame them for their dumbness and their ignorance. And, you know, that was a defense mechanism. It was in that moment too. But in reality, I was able to realize, okay, it's not on him. Maybe he could have said it nicer, but this isn't about him. This is about my shame spiral. Um, yes. So I realized then as I talked to a couple of my close friends about it, you know, this is how I feel. This is why I think I feel this way. This is how I want to feel. And I think it helped me kind of walk out of it and understand that, okay, maybe next time I'm not going to make that that particular suggestion and, um, maybe even understanding who I'm more vulnerable with and who I'm less vulnerable with. Maybe I don't put it all out for that person, but talking it out through those things of how I feel, how I want to feel really, really helps me move through some of that. Where did you gain that. that kind of insight? Like what resource helped you distill down that language because it's, it's so linear and very useful, but it's absolutely not natural. Like you said, this isn't how I was raised. This isn't what, mm -hmm. what I naturally did. So how did you come to that place where you recognized, Oh, these are reflexes. <laughs> I am not off the top of my head. Sure. Because I read a lot of books and I've learned a lot and I've thought a lot. Um, mm -hmm. but I know for sure, one of the reasons that I lean into this talking about sh shame and I can work out of talking about shame is probably the reason most of us talk about it is Brene Brown and her work of what sure. she's done in opening that conversation and her, all of her books, just go on to your library app and just put them all on hold right now. Every one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Brene has an incredible, um, ability to uh, like 
emotionally kind of detached from the conversation as well as she's writing. Like she has these powerful anecdotes that come through and you can relate to, but I really like her work because she's very practical about it. And it gives you these tangible Mm -hmm. takeaways where you're like some books that you read, you're like, oh, that was a great book. I felt really inspired by that. I was just thinking about one that I read when I was in college. Um, Oh gosh, Captivating. Did you guys ever read Captivating? I couldn't tell you for the life of me what it was about, but all the other young (laughs) Christian women were reading it in my life. And so I thought, okay, I read it. And at the end I thought, I remember feeling, oh, I feel good about this, but couldn't tell you for the life of me, but the practical and the logical um, takeaways in Brene's work have created such a conversation where bringing that kind of vulnerability to the table has become almost second nature for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what do you do when you're having a conversation with someone and you're going down that path and you realize, you know, full steam ahead on your end and they are pumping the brakes in, in panic mode. How do you carry that conversation Respond. And that with grace yeah. without like saying, okay, I'm done. I can't have a relationship with this person. They're not on my level. Oh, well, you know, that's my reflex <laughs> to be real. I, that's why I like to say everything is a practice. We're just growing. We're just trying. I mean, you can apply it to anything, whether it's this or raising children or being a partner to someone, being a friend, it's all just practice. So my reflex is like, my face gets hot and I'm like, I can't be the friend anymore. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, That's my reflex. And it just has to be the, you know, I think the practice of doing this for myself also mm-hmm. has allowed me to offer grace to other people faster and more effectively. Yeah. One of the first interviews I did on the podcast with, was with a woman who lost her daughter in the Sandy Hook shooting. Um, mm. Just awful. And she had publicly said that she forgave the shooter and I, and people have done this through, through time. They've you know publicly said they forgive, forgive the person who murdered their child or their loved one. And I could never get my mind behind it. I could never understand why, how, how is <laughs> what I couldn't understand. How could you forgive someone? And what she explained was that she realized she didn't have the understanding of what was happening with him and what his tools were. She couldn't even, she couldn't make a judgment on him because she didn't understand what tools he was lacking, what, what happened Mm -hmm. in his life. What Mm -hmm. was that motivating factor to do something so heinously evil, but Mm -hmm. she, so through that, she was able to offer forgiveness. And also she said, forgiveness comes in waves, like everything else. Sometimes she was feeling really forgiving and like, okay, he's a child of God and he's loved and it's in God's hands. But also other times where she was like, you know, how, how could you kind of thing? But, but I think that if she could offer grace (laughs) to someone who did something like that, I can certainly start offering grace to someone who answered me in a kind of rude way or, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm a little more, uh, I'm not as forgiving initially upfront. Mine's uh, definitely a process after the occurrence, but then once I deal with it, it's almost like, uh, that image thing. Uh, I remember walking up to this uh, bank teller who was 
telling the person ahead of me how he was going through this horrible situation, um, divorce and what have you. And I walked up, I was the next person in line. I said, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That's, that's happening to you. And he looked at me and was like, you haven't had a bad day in your life. (laughs) And like, and yeah, you just kind of just got to roll with it. Like initially I just wanted to be like cutting and, and respond, you know, like, Oh my gosh, you're so right. Oh my, like just be (laughs) just such a brat. But, um, I mean, it has more to do with, it has less to do with maturity and more to do with character and deciding what your responses are going to be a thousand percent. And it's I a agree. process. It's 100%. And it's, a process. it's supposed mm-hmm. to be a process process. It's the progress. It's the growth. Yeah. It's the grace. Right. Um, but I think like, if you look at that situation and that man, why would he make such a rude comment? Because he was, he was mm-hmm. there down in the depths of hurting hurting Mm -hmm. yeah 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 absolutely yep I love that it doesn't make it okay that he said it I want to say it doesn't make it okay (laughs) that he said it and it makes it okay that you had that instant you know reflex reaction but I think like if you want to hold on to that I think you can I think it just depends on how you want to feel I don't I sometimes hold on to it longer than I want because I feel like why not (laughs) It's not taking sure. anything from me, but, um, except I have is. noticed. Right. Right. <laughs> but my, my ego mind is like, I'm cool. Yep. But I think the times that I'm quicker to realize, mm-hmm. oh, we've all got something. Yeah. It helps me just get on with my day faster. And also like pour out the love. I, when we pour out love to people, we pour out love to ourselves and we just feel better about our lives yeah. in general. I think. <laughs> I definitely have a tendency to jump to rage uh, as my gut reaction always. It's just right under the surface. And I mean, it has become, it can, it, there are moments where it will come to the surface and I cognitively think, okay, I can weaponize this and destroy them. Or I can defuse the bomb and outwardly apologize right now and show some grace to them and then deal with myself and my own and finding that for myself because type A, I don't know if it, I don't know that I'm entirely type A. Heather might be able to, she's probably like, uh, are you kidding? Um, but I feel like I have seasons where I can kind of step back and just be like, I don't care what happens as long as people are being respected, honored, and their dignity is being protected and we're mm. good. Um, and so when I realize, oh, I'm about to shred their dignity into confetti and throw it all over their grave in celebration, I need to check mm-hmm. my heart, right? Immediately, because it's so simple to go back to that gut reaction, like you were saying about the ego, just to fuel this justification mind that says I'm better than them because I had the quicker response. I had the, the faster um, protection for myself and in this interaction and I'm never going to see him again. So who cares if I burn it all down? And mm-hmm. it, so, mm-hmm. we, I have a question for you girls, because I feel like it's been somewhat advantageous that we've all been in a place like in a public, in the public eye. Um, that's <laughs> people are not nice with their scrutiny. Right. So that's kind of helped in a way to leverage some of our advancements in this specific area. Danielle, what would you, what advice would you give to this stay at home mom? Who's 
um, never been out in the public, but you know that she knows when she's pulling up to pick up those kids and she knows she's getting those, the judgments, um, from the other moms or just, uh, you know, the, the grandmother that's on disability that can't take care of her grandkids. Like how, how would you frame that? What advice would you give to them and allowing, um, grace and progress for themselves or for the Mm. people who are judging them? Both. Mm. I think that judgment, it's so hard because as much as we want to stop judging, people are still judging everyone. And life would be so much easier if we just let it all fall away because at the bottom of it all, there really are, there's no need to judge each other because we're all, we're all just humans trying to figure it out. Um, okay. I want to go back to it. Advice. Yeah. Cause I, I want to think... rephrase the question. I think, I think I'm, okay. I, I, I need to rephrase the question. So you're, so we've had mu- that muscle kind of built in us because we've had to, in order to advance our career to, in order to move over to, in order to, um, achieve the accomplishments we set out to achieve. So what do you tell the, the, the state of home mom that feels somewhat alone um, maybe doesn't have a friend to confide in, um, and bounce those issues off of and grow that muscle. Um, that's, I think that's really how I, how I was trying to, what I was trying to ask you, like, what advice would you give to that person? So I think that being a stay at home mom, since I've been, I'm working at home, but I am now home. And during the pandemic, uh, it, it can be so isolating because mm-hmm. if you are not reaching out to try to find someone, I, I think my advice would be to find the person. And there are so many different avenues to do this. Mm-hmm. It can be as easy as going onto a Facebook group. You know, I, I had, uh, when my, had my last pregnancy, it was a twin pregnancy and I lost one of the twins. And so it was called a vanishing twin pregnancy. And I'm like, how do I feel about this? What do I do? And I was a recently stay at home mom and I I never knew anyone. Well, actually that's not entirely true, but I didn't know people going through the same exact scenario that I was going through with a miscarriage followed by this. How was I supposed to feel? I went on Facebook and Mm -hmm. typed in the groups vanishing twin syndrome. And there it was right there for me, a group full of women who had gone through the exact same thing. And I want to give that example because it's so random, you know, so it's not like a huge, like moms in Southern Oregon group. It is very specific to what I'm dealing with. And those groups are out there for everyone. So that's, I think the widest net you could cast, but also (laughs) I downloaded the app Marco Polo and just connected with friends I'd used to be friends with. So Mm -hmm. I text, I start, I would start texting an old friend. I am now texting a couple of friends I worked with 15 years ago and Mm. we're just texting regularly. And then we went on to Marco Polo and suddenly I have someone in my hand talking to me and being able to talk through these issues. I, I know that I'm making it sound simpler than it is, but it is, I mean, that is a saving grace. And we've all said it. We said, this is my saving grace. You're my therapist. You're here for me. Like, and we're getting like down and dirty in the things that are hard in our lives and just reaching out to someone who maybe you've lost contact with or reaching out to someone in your contact list who you think would be a good friend. Now you've noticed you guys have the same similar stuff going on or, or whatever it is. They're there too. 
they are in that same position. And once you say it out loud to them, there's that moment of the exhale where you're like, I thought I was the only one. I thought I was Mm -hmm. the only one feeling like I was in a rut during this pandemic and that, you know, no one appreciated all the work that I was doing. And I feel like I'm depressed now because of, I haven't been out in public for, you know, all these different kinds of conversations that can come out through that, I think is life-changing, honestly. That's powerful. I have no words. That's excellent advice. Thank you. I'm thinking too, as you're talking about how you were able to reach out to friends what about men doing the same thing? Because looking at the three of us, we're these outgoing, confident women who have the courage really to reach back into our past and say, Hey, old friend, I need you. And knowing like knowing their character that they'd come along with us for the most part. And I'm thinking about my husband and my brother and all these people, Mm. all these men in my life who would probably never do that. Never. Yeah. And, And knowing even like single man, especially I can imagine would be through the pandemic struggling to Mm -hmm. maintain this sense of I'm not alone in the world. And I love that you highlighted the importance of social media because this is why it's beneficial, right? To actually interconnect us and create these beautiful communities. I can't tell you how many friends I have created out of our area through Twitter and clubhouse in the last year. It's yeah. It's it's cool mind boggling. But again, recognizing as women, we have this innate, um, I think willingness to lean into grace or acknowledge our shame in such an effortless, not effortless, um, but in a more approachable, loving way to ourselves. Do you, um, let's see, how do I want to phrase this question? What would you say to the men in your life who are like, that's nice for you, popular, yeah. pretty outgoing lady, but I'm not those things. I bet she knows a few. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. And you know, I, I think that anybody could think that women could probably think that too. Like I'm, I'm not type A, I'm not loud. I don't want to talk to people, but I think it's especially devastating. And I'm glad you asked about men because men don't set up relationships like we do and they don't right. reach out like we do. And, um, suicide rates are so high for men. Mental illness rates are so high for men and they don't have the resources like we do only because we've started creating podcasts where we're talking about these things. So I'm really glad you asked the question and it's such a hard one because I don't have the answers exactly, but I would say to lean into the things that you like doing. You know, I think grown men, they love playing video games and chatting with each other on them. And, and women, the wives were like, why do you play that video game? I was going to get off the video game, but they actually create relationships with these guys they're talking to they actually start to know the people that they're talking to. And I don't know how often a vulnerable conversation could happen there, but they start to understand they're not alone. And I think also getting out to do things that you like to do, you know, um, I don't want to stereotype men and say like, go golfing, but you know, (laughs) go golfing, go play music, go, go somewhere where, other men are and just start talking. And honestly, you don't have to start with the hard stuff. I think you don't have to walk into a relationship, a friendship with a woman or with a man, regardless of if you're a man or a woman, 
saying, hi, I had a really hard day because I feel like every, the world is falling down around me and I lost my job and I don't have the money and I don't know what to do. You can just start with like, Hey, how are you? <laughs> right. And just a friendship and being vulnerable with someone doesn't start at the top of the friendship. It yeah. starts after hours and hours and hours of meeting back up and saying, how are you doing? And starting to realize you don't look like you looked last week. What's going on? You feel sad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Being yeah. intentional and asking hard, mm -hmm. vulnerable questions that are going to being willing to hold space for people and, and say, Hey, I see that you're actually struggling and I'm available to be in an intentional conversation with that. And mm -hmm. you mentioned something. Most of the things that you just identified were about moving your body. You kept saying, go, go, go. And that's actually, you mentioned uh -huh. it earlier too. It's such a brilliant way to get out of our heads and into our bodies. And I am a very big proponent of this. I, I recognize it in myself when I feel that anxiety start to rise up and I can't keep a still thought. I can't, I notice like, oh, my hands, my body won't be still either. I'm simply vibrating with too much energy and I have to move. And it's, mm -hmm. it's amazing how you can give yourself some grace. And I'm, I'm not a good runner. I, I run, I will sprint and then I will be injured for a week and a half, <laughs> three weeks. And just like that was terrible. I'm okay. But the, the ability to move your body to the point where your brain stops trying to process, trying to think, trying to solve or resolve problems, it's more powerful than we realize. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We got to start trusting our bodies. I was thinking just the other day, we're not trusting our bodies anymore. When was the last time we trust our body? We look at our phone to see if our heart rate's too high when we're working out. We are like, everything oh, no. is on our phone Ouch. and on our watch. And I know I do that. I was thinking about it because that's what I do. Um, but what if we started trusting ourselves a little bit with with this, not only our bodies, but with our whole experience? You know, if if you don't feel well and you get out and you start walking because you know that between you and the earth and this experience meant for us that you can, that you'll become stronger and things will shake themselves out and work out. I don't know. I think if if we trust ourselves a little bit more... Maybe we'll see that there's a clear path. That brings up a lot of thoughts about giving our bodies grace. How do we have grace mm. for our bodies, for our intuition, for our thoughts, for our anxieties, for there's that conversation that could jump us off into 17 more hours of conversation right now <laughs> pretty easily. So Heather, do you have any more questions? Uh, my, my phone keeps coming in and out girls. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's um, okay. I did. I just wanted to find out, Danielle, where, uh, what's the best way somebody can give a listen to happiness and progress? Any way, any way they listen to podcasts, they just look for happiness and progress and there it is. Perfect. Easy peasy. It is really easy. The other day I said, Hey, Oh, I'm going to say it now. And she's going to turn on. I was like, <laughs> Hey, Alexa, play the happiness and progress podcast. And it did. It's like, here you go. Isn't that cool? episode. <gasps> And it's probably oh my gosh, behind I'm gonna me. try that when I get home. Good call. I love it's it. Definitely it's trying so to do it wonderful. Right now. Um, it's nice when technology makes our important conversations available to people. I think. Yes. Yes. Do you have any um, projects on the horizon right now that you're excited to tell us about that we can tell everybody to pay attention to? 
no, you know, just, just podcasting and hopefully events again soon. And I think if I wanted to say one last thing, what I would say is I think what Heather said earlier about the expectation, Mm -hmm. I think that is the flip side of, of grace. I think shame with the expectation is the flip side of the grace and the plans just they never go as planned. I think we could all say how many times a plan did not work out as we thought it would. And when we look at our lives, we've made too much of that a huge mistake and a huge failure when none of it really, really is. It's just a learning experience. You know, a divorce, you learned, you learned about what works for you. You Mm. possibly brought kids into the world and you got to move on with that new knowledge. Then a losing a job, you learned something from that job and whatever it is, we could go on and on and on. But for some reason in this world, we've decided that everything is a failure when it doesn't go as planned. And I think that's all I want to say at the end of this about shame is that that's the flip side of grace is that shame. And we have to start understanding that every single one of those steps in the road were not a failure, was not a mistake. Nothing went wrong. It was exactly as intended. And now you're just learning. You're just learning. You can't, you know, take prescription drugs. You're just learning that you don't get along with these kinds of people. You're just learning that you don't work well in that kind of work environment. It's just a learning experience and it's okay. And you're going to be okay. It's not shame. We have to rewrite this as a whole world and community, especially here in America. We can just move forward and onto the next thing with no failure attached to any experience that we've had. Well, and just reframing it from failure being a negative to failure being okay. That was a, that's just a a plot twist. That was sorry. I snuck that in. I know you were wrapping up, but I just, no, it's good. Thank you. Now my heart is in a puddle. Thanks so much, Danielle. (laughs) I'm like over here, like sobbing. It is a learning. It is a, an opportunity to learn. And I, I needed that reminder even today. So, um, I don't know about you, Mandy, but I'm, I'm super appreciative to have gotten this time to, um, hear your thoughts. Thank you. I had fun talking to you guys. I would love, like, I'm just like, can we just do a Sunday night chat? This is fun. (laughs) It is fun. Yes. Yes, we can every week. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, thank you for coming. Everybody go listen to the happiness in progress podcast, wherever you listen with Danielle Craig, because she is pretty much ready to take shame out of your storyline, which I think we all need. Thanks for listening to the Uncomfortable Grace Podcast. Here we are inviting men and women who demonstrate great levels of self-compassion, risk, brave decision-making, and uncomfortable seasons to hold space for themselves and allow us to take a peek in at the process. Questions, comments, we'd love to hear from you. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Tell us your story. Find us on Instagram or shoot us an email at uncomfortablegracepodcast at gmail.com. Music from our episode is from MixOnd, and you can find them at bandcamp.com. Thanks to our producer, Kayleen, and Studio Hall for the recording space. Like, subscribe, and leave us a review wherever you listen. This week's episode is sponsored by Danny Hall Photography. You can find him on Instagram at dannyhall11.